the top line. Mostly it's one Misa that's came out the entire daf. It's one long Misa. So we'll go through it. Um, the Mishnah said that there were 10 categories of Jews that went up with the, to rebuild the second base Medrash. So we, we've already described the first four. Levi, Kain, Yisrael, and Chalalim. Now we're up to Gerim and Harurim. How do I know that converts join them? So, the Pesach says, All the people that separated from idolatry join them. Someone who separates from idolatry is a convert. That's a convert. That's another way of describing a convert. So you see <coughs> that they were joined by converts. Mamzerim, how do I know that Mamzerim joined them to rebuild the second base of English? Dichsev. Okay, so there's no source. The first attempt at finding a source that Mamzerim joined them is not from actual Mamzerim. Mm-hmm. It's from the fact that there was Avodim, which are Goyim, that joined, that married into a family. And the Gemara assumes a couple things. It assumes that they married into the family before they went up. It assumes, number two, that they had children before they went up. And it assumes that if an Evid lives with a Bas Yisrael, the child's a Mamzer. So if you take all these three assumptions, that they, we know that there was an intermarriage between some of the people that were involved, between Avodim and Jews. So if you assume that that happened before they went up, they had children before they went up, and those children are Mamzerim, if you believe that Evid, Abba, Abbas Yisrael, Vlad, Mamzer, if you make all those assumptions together, then a Mamzer went up. And obviously you could poke holes in each one of those assumptions. So the Gemara says, Minolan the Hamoni. When Sanbalat Hachorani and Tuvya the Evid, that's the point. He's a, he's an Andrew slave. They heard. This Pasik is describing um, their involvement. They heard and they started joining the Jews. Uksiv, Tuvya, this slave, was the son in law of Shechania. So he married into the family. So you see that this slave married into one of the fa- Jewish families at the time. Okay, so now we have a pasuk that indicates that there was a non-Jewish slave that married into a Jewish family. We assume that if a guy marries an Evid, marries a Jew, the child's a Mamzer. And we assume that that marriage took place before they went up, meaning not after they were already in Shalim. And we assume that they had a child before they went up. So if you make all those assumptions together, you have a source that a mamzer went up with them to Eretz Yisrael. So the Gemara says, because if an Evid marries a Jew, according to one opinion of the Tanoim, the child's a mamzer. We don't pass him that way. But if you hold like that, and you assume that they got married before they went up, and you assume they had a child after the marriage before they went up, then, because if, if they actually got married in Yerushalayim, Later, then it's not a source that they went up. It's a source that they were just Mamzer and Yishalayim later on. So the Gemara says, Well, you're making an assumption that if a, if a Eved lives with a Jew, the child's a Mamzer. And if you disagree with that assumption, then you have no source. Vesu, secondly, How do you know they had children? Right? The Eved is definitely not a Mamzer. It's their subsequent children. How do you know they had children? Maybe they were childless. Vesu, how do you know they got married in Bavel and then went up? Maybe they got married in Eretz Yisrael. So all of these are poking holes in this source and therefore throw it out. Rather, El Mehacha. The Pasuk says in like this. The Pasuk is describing the Jews that went up and it's a very cryptic Pasuk. And it's, it, you need Drashas to explain this Pasuk. Let me read you the Pasuk. Eloha Oilam. These are the ones that went up and it seems to be listing places. Metel Melach. From Tel Melach, 
Tel Kharsha, from Tel Kharsha, Kruv, from the city of Kruv, Adon, from the city of Don, Ve'imer. These all seem to be cities. But the Gemara is going to go through that each word is actually not a city, it's describing a different type of Jew that went up. Okay? And those Jews cannot say who their father was. And they couldn't even say their mom. If they were Jewish. They couldn't even say if their mother was Jewish. So, okay, so it seems to be listing cities that I've never heard of. And then it seems to be saying that some of the Jews couldn't know who their father is, didn't know who their mother is. So the Gemara is going to say, these are not just cities. These are drashas about each one. Okay, now by the way, the last two are pretty clearly talking about Shtuki and Asufi. It's saying if you don't know who your dad is, and you don't even know who your mom is, that's a Shtuki and Asufi. So the last two lines of the Pasuk seem to in- indicate that Shtukis and Asufis also went up. But the first ones of Tel Melach, Tel Chermesh, Tel Kharsha, Kruv, Adon, Imer, what are these cities? The Gemara says, Tel Melach was actually a reference to Jews. It means, Elu It's a reference to Jews who acted like the people of Sadaim that turned into a tail melech, a, a pile of salt. So tail melech is a reference to Jews who were like the Sodomites, which is, they married with Eshesish. They were living with uh, Arias. What happens when you live with Arias? You have a mamzer. So tail melech is a reference to Jews that live like those of Sodom, which are mamzerim. So that's the source, by the way, mamzerim went up. Now that we mention this, let's keep going. Tel charsha. Means quiet. That means that if you call out for your father and they say, quiet, we don't know who your dad is. That's when your mom doesn't know who the father is. And you start saying, who's my father? And she starts changing the subject. That's a reference to shtukis. Okay? In the last line, that they can't say if their mother or the, who their father or their mother is, that's an asufi. They can't identify the father or the mother. Still have to figure out how do I know they're Jewish. Okay. I guess the Sufis don't even know that they're Jewish. It could be a Suffolk guy. I, guess. I, don't, I don't know why you don't go with the Rav. I guess it has to do with uh, Chazaka and Mechzal Mechza and where you find the baby. Okay, fine. We'll figure that out. Uh, the next lines of the Pasuk is Kroiv Adain Ve'imer. So what is Kroiv Adain Ve'imer? Amr Avavo Amr Adain. Adain is a reference to Hashem. Adain, the master of the world, said as follows. Kruv is like the Kruvim, like the like the, the little holy babies. And Ado, and Imer is a reference to a, le, uh, a leopard, a leopard, like spotted leopard. So Kruv Adon Imer is saying that Hashem is saying that there's Kruvim and leopards. And what do I mean? The first pshat is, Ani amartim Yisrael Hashem says to Klal Yisrael, I wanted you to be like the Kruvim, holy like the Kruvim, but you made yourself debased and spotted and inconsistent like a leopard. I guess that's the reference of the Jews at that time, because again, these were Jews that were Isaac and Arias and Isaac and living with Goyim. Another pshat, the Igad Amri is a much more, uh, you know, much more uplifting pshat. Amravo, Amra Adan, Hashem says, even though you spotted like a leopard, but to me, you're like a kruv. There's a special part of you that uh, that's still like a kruv to me. Okay. Amra Abrachana. Now the Gemara says like this, If you marry a, a woman that's not fitted for you. Now, not fitted for you, what does it mean not fitted? It means like it's not a good shidduch. So you'll say, oh, you're marrying them because of money. It's deeper than that. The Rishonim, it's a shayla in the Rishonim. Is it a vade mamzeres or it's a suffix mamzeres? Bekitzer, you, you pick a woman that's not genealogically proper for you. Maybe she's a nisin, maybe she's a mamzeres. 
Suffolk moms or Suffolk Nisin, which you should not be getting involved with, but you marry her because of ulterior, ulterior motives. It's like you plowed the earth, right, which is a good thing to make it ready to plant, but instead of planting seeds, you planted salt. You planted something that Hashem doesn't want, right? You got married, you're going to have children. Hashem doesn't want those moms there. So it's like you plant it, you, you, you burrow the whole earth, but you're planting salt, which is not productive. Shenemar, that's a reference to that Pasuk of Tel Melech, that it's Tel Kharsha. It's like you were Chayrish, you were uh, plowing Melech, you were plowing salt. The Gemara continues with more of this, and then we're going to lead to a story that's going to take us basically, cannot finish the daf. The Gemara says, If you marry a Mamzeris, a Suffolk Mamzeris, it's a Shail in the Rishonim again, you marry a blemished woman uh, genealogically, okay? But you do it for money. Your children are going to be blemished also. I mean, practically from a halachic perspective, your kids are going to be mamzer. Shnemar. It just means also means that they're they're not going to be good kids. Shnemar. Ba'ashem bagdu ki bonim zarim yiladu. They they acted defiantly against Hashem and they had strange children. Oh, so you'll say now you married her for money. So you'll say, okay, my kids are going to be messed up. At least I'll be rich though. B'shem atayimer mom and palat. And if you say that. The money will at least, you'll be able to hold on to the money. Within one month, all your money, the enemies will devour you. Meaning, and if you say, okay, maybe I'll lose, maybe I'll lose her money, but the money I brought into the marriage, meaning the money that I married her for, that's going to be gone. But what about the money I brought into the marriage? The Gemara says, all the money is gone. You'll say, okay, but at least we'll have a good run. I'll, I'll hold on to the money for a couple years. No, in a month. Gone. How do you see that in the Pasuk? A month come in, a month is gone out, and your money is gone. Within the span of one month, the money is gone. I mean, she's a Mamzeris. Or a Suffolk Mamzeris. It's a Shailah in the Rishon. But you're doing it for money purposes. So you're not, you shouldn't marry this person. Everyone knows you shouldn't marry in a sin or a zaina, whatever. But you're doing it for money. So the answer is your money is going to be uh, gone anyway. Okay. Amr Rav Ada. Amr Rav Salam Rav Amnuna. again. It's like, again, you marry a person that's not fit for you. Elio Kaifsai. Elio will tie you to the whipping post. Akadish Baruch writes, and Hashem will give you uh, lashes. I'm not sure exactly what that means, but usually Elio is the person you turn to in good times, so it means he's not helping you. The Gemara continues, V'tana, al-kulam Elio kaisev, about all of these, Kehanim levi Yisraelim, who marry people that are not fit for them, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Chaisim, Elio writes the decree against you, and Hashem signs it, seals it. Oiloi, and this is the statement that they sign, Oiloi l'paisel zarei, what was to him that he disqualified his children? Poigim is mishpachtai, he tainted his family. L'noi se'yishin again, it's like by marrying a woman who's not fit for you. Elio koifta, k'adosh baruch Elio ties him to the pole, and Hashem whips him. Okay, now that's, that's okay. Now we're going to go into a new topic. The chol ha'poisel, anyone who declares other Jews unfit, meaning if you just go around calling other people, you're a mamzer, you're a son of a mamzer, son of a this, and a mamzer that, a mamzer this, and ever that, if you go around just disqualifying Jews, the Gemara says, posel, it's a sign that you're unfit. Hey, listen, if you do it just once, <laughs> this seems to be something that you, you're not like a rabbi who actually thought about it. You're just like that guy that the second everyone starts yelling, oh, this mamzer and that mamzer, you're a mamzer. And it's a sign that you actually 
are unfit, and not just are you unfit, you're unfit with the thing that you're leveling, levying against that person. Meaning if you call someone a mamzer, it doesn't mean that you're a nachri, it means you're a mamzer. So the Gemara says, and you never speak in the praise of others. Shmuel says it's a sign that you're apostle with the very thing that you're trying to disqualify other Jews. Now this leads us to a very long story that will take us, um, I think, Kimat halfway through Ahmed Beis. The story goes as follows. There was a certain man from Nardoi, not a great guy. He went to a butcher shop in Pumbadisa. And he cut the line. It's already not a good sign. It's already that guy who's kind of blind. Amelu, Havuli Bisra, can I have some meat? Give me meat, actually. Amelu, they said, Nedder at the Shogel, Lishmayed Rav Yehuda Bari We're taking care of the Gabai of Rav Yehuda. The Rav Yehuda. His name was Rav Yehuda Bari But Rav Yehuda Bari Cheskel's here. His Gabai's here. We're going to take care of the rabbis first, and then we'll take care of you. So, Vinay Savlai, we'll give yours. Amar, he says, Man Yehuda Bar Shviskel, the Kadmli Shogelman Kamoi. Who is this? Instead of Yehuda bar Yechezkel, he was saying Yehuda bar Shviskel. Shviskel was a um, um, Shvisik. Apparently, means roast. So Yehuda bar Shviskel, Yehuda the the glutton, Yehuda the pot roast, and he was making fun of the Rav Yehuda. So the Gemara says, "Azu Rav Yehuda." Word got back to Rav Yehuda that this guy is, uh, you know, calling him that he's gluttonous, making fun of. Uh, uh, I think this is, this is Rabbi Nachman. This is Amaroyim. This is early Amaroyim. So making fun of early Amaroyim. So, Shamte, Rabbi Yehuda put him uh, in Cherem, uh, excommunication. Amrulay, then they told Rabbi Yehuda, Ragudakari and Shi'avdi. He always calls everybody that he argues with, he calls him an Evid, a non Jewish Evid. That's, that's his thing. So, Rabbi Yehuda said, So, Rabbi Yehuda says, Go publicly announce that he's an Evid. By the way, I didn't realize this. I did a kach that you'll see in Ahmed Bey's. They ended marriages because of this. Because if you find that he's an Evid, that means his sister's an Evid, and then the guy who married his sister said, it's a Mekach I never would have bought it. And they ripped up the Ksuba. Like, when he called him an Evid, it wasn't just like, you know, I'm rubber, you're glue, or whatever. Like, it wasn't just like, you know, like, no, he was saying, he's an Evid. Like, I'll peep sock, he's an Evid. Marriage off. Like, no more Aliyahs. Like, like, that's it. And we'll see in Ahmed Bey's how you could like, whatever. But the Gemara says like this, okay, now, Ozlahu, so that guy who was excommunicated by Rav Yehuda, Azmin al-Adin al-Kamidur Nachman, he went to Rav Nachman in Nardoi, again, he was really from Nardoi, the whole argument happened in Pumbadisa, he goes back to Nardoi, and he calls the rabbi of Nardoi, Rabbi Nachman, and he says, I want you to call this Yehuda to, to Bezdin. Now he doesn't realize he's calling him the Rav Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda was greater than Rabbi Nachman. Rabbi Nachman was the son-in-law of the Reish Galusa at the time, so you had to respect him because of that, but he was a younger Rav than Rabbi Yehuda. Yeah. And he goes, and he insults. He insults Rabbi Yehuda, gets put in Cherem. He then goes back to his original town, goes to his rabbi of the town, Rabbi Nachman, and says, I want you to call this rabbi to court, this guy to court, Yehuda, who put me in Cherem. Rabbi Nachman doesn't know that this is the Rav Yehuda. And this is the following story. So Rabbi Nachman summoned Rav Yehuda to court. So I see Piskad Azmana. So he, Rav Yehuda got the subpoena from the Bezdin. So also Rav Yehuda came to Rav Huna. So Rav Yehuda asked Rav Huna, well, what do you think I should do? You think I should go to court? So Rav Huna says, So Rav Yehuda says to Rav Huna, you think I have to go to court? 
Again, he's a much bigger rough. He's like, you think I have to go to court? So I'm like, mazeli boichel mazel. So Rav Huna says, the truth is, you don't have to go to court. Why? Mishum de rabat. You're greater than the Bezdin. You shouldn't have to go to court. El mishum yikr de benesiyah kumzil. But Rabbi Nachman is the son-in-law of the Reish Galusa. For the cover of Reish Galusa, you should probably go. Okay. So Rav Yehuda goes. Rav Yehuda shows up. And again, they don't know who Rav Yehuda is. There was no pictures. Rav Yehuda shows up to Rabbi Nachman. Before he tells him what he's about, he starts to, he wants to show Rabbi Nachman before I show you the subpoena, sort of know who you're talking to a little bit. So, Osa Ashkechei Micah, Rabbi Yehuda, basically, he's going to be ripping apart Rabbi Nachman. Every single thing Rabbi Nachman said, Rabbi Nachman apparently, for some reason, used words that were not Tanoic, that were not biblical Lashonis, and not uh, rabbinic Lashonis, they were more like uh, colloquialisms. And every single time, Rabbi Yehuda would say, what about the, why is the Lashon Chazal not good for you? Why is the Lashon Tanach not good for you? And he was like tearing apart his regular conversations. And that was his way of showing him, like, like understand who, uh, who you called the Bezdin. So, Asa Ashkechid the Kavan Maikar. Rabbi Yehuda finds that Rabbi Nachman is making offense. Now, this is, a, this is the mitzvah of making a Maikar on your roof. Amrle, he says, do you not agree with the Rav Huna Bar Yidam Shmuel Kivon Shenismada and Pardes Sanetzibar that a leader of a community Aser Basias Malachav and Eshloisha should not be building a fence on your own? It's a bizayin. Why are you building a fence? Zamerlei Porta de Gudrisa Hudekavina. I'm making a small fence, a small portion of a fence. According to Samri Shaina, what he was saying is this is for a mitzvah, and therefore it's permitted. But the main point is he didn't say Maika, which is the lashon of Tanach. He said Gudrisa, which was the colloquial type. You don't like the word Micah from the Torah. You don't like God's words. You don't like the rabbinic words. Why are you using a different Lashon? Okay. Continue in the conversation. Rabbi Nachman then said to him, Yosef Mar a Karpita. Would you like a seat on the Karpita, which was a bench? But again, not the Lashon of Chazal. So You don't like the word safsal that the rabbis use, or itztaba, which is the common term. You use the word karpita. What's, well, why are you doing this? Okay, keep going in the story. Would you like some esrenga? It was esreg, but it was esrenga. He added a nun. Shmuel says, Whoever pronounces it with a nun, one third of a balgaiva. That's not the way you should talk. So he's just, he's just chapping. He's just, it's a very fun conversation. He's just chapping. You say esrig or esroiga. Don't do the nun. Okay, keep going. Amr Nachman says, Would you like an anagba, which is a cup of a, a drink? You can't use the word, use espargus, which is the rabbi's word. Or anpak, you have to use your own word. Amr okay. Let my daughter come and serve us. Meaning, uh, he calls in his daughter and he says, uh, please, uh, you know, please pour a cup of wine for him. It's not appropriate. They would not have single girls, or married women for that matter, pour you a glass of wine. That's an intimate act. And uh, Rabbi Yehuda says that's not an appropriate thing to do. You should not have a girl serve you. You should have a man serve you. It's not appropriate. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think, 
I think he, I, I don't know, I, I'm afraid to say because it sounds like he was a younger Rav and a little bit, not out of his element a little bit, but I, I don't know. Rav Yehuda, I don't think he expected this. He, yeah, listen, I mean, I, he's just taking it. Every single step along the way, Rav Yehuda's not letting anything go. The Gemara continues. But he said, Kitana, she's under Bas Mitzvah. So what's the, let her serve you. She's under Bas Mitzvah. You're not going to have Tivus like that. He said, Rav Yehuda responded, Shmuel said, Ein mishtam being Incorrect. There's no difference. Okay? Nishtele mar shalmel Yalta. Now, Yalta was Ravi Nachman's wife. Anyone who's learned Dafyami enough knows Yalta was a very strong woman. I'll say that. She was a very, very strong woman. She was very opinionated. And Rav Nachman said, Would you like to say hello to my wife, Yalta? Would you like to say, Would you like to meet my wife, Yalta? Maybe he knew that Yalta. Uh, had to meet all the guests. I'm not sure. But he said, Would you like to meet my Yalta? Now, by the way, just Agav, the Beishmul has a Shiloh. There are some Rishonim that see from me that you say, Kalisha applies even speaking voices. There were, by the way, there's a reason why you, you know, in the more ultra Orthodox communities, they will not have like a woman speaker for men. Because from the Sugi, you do see there's an Indian of Kalisha even by Dibar. But the Beishmul says, the Bishmuel Paskins in, in, in Ebenezer, the Pirshan Ebenezer, he says that even though Kolbi Ishaeva does not apply to speaking voices, but asking how are you doing, a greeting uh, of hi, how are you, that's more of an intimate, that, that type of Kolisha could be a problem. Like hi, how are you, how's everything, how's your job, that type of speech, like date talk, uh, no, that, that's Kolisha Taka, that, that, could, that, that could be Kolisha, that's the Bishmuel Paskins. Okay. Point is, Rabbi Yudas is ripping a Parvaita, he says, Kolisha, I'm not talking to your wife. So he says, "Efshay de shliach." So uh, uh, we'll send a shliach to say hello. Meaning, speak through a shliach. Amar leiv the next page. Hachi am Shmuel ain shaylum b'shal miisha. Still aser. Aide baila. So Rabbi Nachman says, "I'll speak to her for you." I guess she writes the chay she wants. I don't know. Amar leiv hachi am Shmuel ain shaylum b'shal miisha klal. Vaiter aser. But Taisus says a kasha. Taisus says, "But didn't the malachim say ayei sarah ishtecha?" The malachim seem to ask of how Sarah was. So I think, I, I was looking at Tysus, I think, again, if I'm not mistaken, I think that what Tysus is saying is that there's a difference between um, asking the husband, how is your wife, than asking the wife how she's doing through the husband. If I go over to you and I say, how's your wife, how's your kids, that's fine. But if I say, go to your wife and ask her, uh, and, and I'm speaking to the wife through you, that's inappropriate. So Shmuel was saying, uh, uh, review the saying, I'm not asking your wife how she's doing even through you. I will ask you how your wife is doing, where you're the subject of the conversation. I'm not speaking to Yalta through you. I think that, that to, again, if I'm not mistaken, that to me is what Tysus is saying. I could be wrong. That, that, that feels like what Tysus is saying. So at this point, his wife is listening to all this, and he hears, and she hears Rabbi Yehuda just rip him apart from the beginning. So the wife sends a message from the kitchen. Tagre, uh, Please ask him what he wants and get him out of here. Because if he keeps talking to you, you're going to be in Amaretz from the guy. Meaning, he's clearly here for a reason. No more pleasantries. Please ask him what he wants so that he may leave because we're, we're not doing great in our conversations. So, what, what would you like? Ravida says, You gave me a subpoena to come to court. He says, I can't even speak in front of you. You think I'm calling you to Bezdin. Rabbi Nachman saying, like, you're proving me I can't even have a conversation in front of you. I'm pretty sure that I, don't, I, I wouldn't have subpoenaed you. So, 
Afke diska de Hamanusa Bichadia. So if Yehuda pulls out the subpoena from his pocket, Vachli shows him, he says, My high gaver, high diska. He says, You know, you did. Here's the subpoena. So I'm like, so Menachem says, listen, you really, we shouldn't have this conversation, you're probably correct, but I don't want it to be that, that we get a reputation that the rabbis uh, look out for each other and, 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 and it'll be like a sham court. So once you're here, let's, let's, let's do this, let's talk this out. Okay. So Amalei, Rabbi Nachman says to Rabbi Yehuda, my time is shamte why did you put that guy in Cherem? So he said, Slir because he was Mavaza, the Maigabai. Maigabai was a Shliach of a Rabbanim, and he was Mavaza him. He was Mavaza me, actually, by the way, through Maigabai. So that, that's it. Okay. So Vinagdi Marsi says, so Why don't you give him lashes? Why don't you put him in Cherim? Give him lashes. So, He says, I did better. Cherim uh, is worse than lashes. Okay. My time Why would you say that he's an Evid? I understand that you put him a cherem. Why are you saying that he's an Evid? He's Amalei. Because this guy calls everyone else an Evid, and we have that's why we quoted this whole story. Vitani We have a tradition from Shmuel that if you passel other Jews, that's a sign that you're passel with the very thing that you passel them for. So if he calls everyone an Evid, he's Mestam an Evid. So the Gemara says, So. So he says to Rabbi Yehuda, I understand that Shmuel is saying is that Mestama, he's an Evid. But to announce publicly the guy's an Evid, that's like, I understand if someone goes around disqualifying other Jews, Mestama, he's possible. But would I go around and, you know, and like completely disqualify them? I, 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 that's, that's a bit much, meaning like, it's a Suffolk and Avada, you made it Avada. At that point, the plaintiff showed up. I guess he was there. The guy who he put in Cherem. And he says, He starts yelling at him, You're calling me an Evid. I'm an Enikal of the Chashmanoi kingdom. And here's the problem. He thought that that was a big Shevach. If you come from the Chashmanoi, you're also an Evid. Because Herod, who was an Evid, killed all the Chashmanoi men. And then no one was willing to marry into that family unless you were, uh, you were Avadim. They were all non-Jews that married into the family because... Herod was an Evid, he killed everyone. And all the people that joined him were all Avadim like him. So he, this guy says, you're calling me an Evid? I come from uh, Herod and Chashmanoim. So he says, Amr Lei, Hachi Amr Shmuel. So then Rebbe says, oh, this is what Shmuel said. Call the Amr, the base Chashmanoim, Kasina Avdehab. Everyone that comes from the Chashmanoim family were Avadim. This Jewish woman wouldn't marry into Herod's family. There was, by the way, I, what about the, what about the Chashmanoim women? Right? He killed out all the Chashmanoim men. So Herod, the only one is Herod and his cohorts. So women would not want to marry into them because they're Avadim. So women of Avadim married into them. So it's all Avadim. If you come to Chashmanayim, you're an Evid. What about the Jewish women? So he killed them too. And the, he killed everyone. He killed them all. And we're going to see in the Gemara in a little bit that there was one Jewish girl left from the Chashmanayim family. And she got to the roof and she said, if you married from the Chashmanayim, you're an Evid. And she killed herself. She didn't want, she didn't, she wanted Herod to get away with it. So fine. So, okay, so, so one second. So, Rabbi Yehuda says, you're telling me you're from the Chashmanayim. It backs up what I said, because Rabbi Yehuda Meshmuel said, if you say for you're the, from the Chashmanayim, you're in Evid. Here's the problem. If, if, let's say, you called me into court because I, uh, I turned a certain, I don't know, I, I opened up, a, I, I used a cooler on Shabbos and a water fountain. 
And he said, you're not allowed to do that. And I said, Feinstein, that it's mutter. you know what you'd say to me? That's pretty convenient. I mean, now we have svarim, so it's written, but if I'm giving an oral ruling to defend myself, that's pretty... Oh, didn't I... Like, if I would have told you that Ramesha said this weeks ago, fine. But after I'm called to court, I then defend myself by saying, I once heard from Ramesha Feinstein, it's mutter. You'd say, well, that's very convenient. So if Yehuda called him in Evan, made up sock that he's in Evan, the guy says he's from the Chashmanoyim, then all of a sudden Rabbi says, yeah, that's what Shmuel said, he's from, if you're from the Chashmanoyim, you're in Evan. That's very convenient for you to just make up this shita. If you would have told us this shita before, that if you say you're from Chashmanoyim, you're in Evan, weeks ago, fine. But now you're telling it me, post-fact, that's a little bit too little too late. It just seems pretty convenient. The Gemara says, didn't You can't just give a shmua after the ma'isa already happened. So you need someone to back up your statement that if you say you're from the chashmanoyim, you're an evid. We can't just rely on you because it's too convenient. So Amr Lay, you guys smell like bleach, right? She's cleaning. Oh, thank God! I was like, I was like, I think I'm losing my mind for a second. Okay, yeah, yeah. I was, I was gonna say, Amar Lei Ha'ikar Av Masa Dekay Kavasi. So Rav Yehuda says, when I heard it from Shmuel, because again, nothing was written down. He says Rav Masna was there. So we got to ask Rav Masna. The problem is the Gemara says Rav Masna Lechazlu Nadot Tleis Yisharik. Rav Masna had not been in Nardor for 13 years, but Punkt Hashkacha Pratis. That day he was there, of course. Okay, the Shparuch was Mazam and Rav Masa to be there that day to defend Rav Yehuda. So that day, Rav Masna shows up. So he goes up to Rav Masna and they say, Do you remember what Shmuel said when he was going on the ferry? One step was on the ferry, one step was still on the dock. Do you remember what he said? You can't tell him what he said, obviously, because that's, that's uh, the witness, you know, that's, that's, uh, you know, that's pushing the witness. Leading the witness. But he said, Do you remember what, what Shmuel said? So Rav Masna says, Anyone who says they come from the Chashmanoim are Avodim. Why? Because there was only one Jewish remnant from the Chashmanoim family that was not killed out. Rabisa was a young girl. Because the, the, the Rashi says that Herod kept her because he wanted to marry her. Okay? She went to the roof. And she screamed out, Anyone who says they come to the Chashmanayim is an Evid, because I'm the last one, and watch this, so she killed herself. So, okay, that's the end of that story. So, Sir Nachman declared publicly in Nardoi that he is an Evid. Okay, declared publicly in Nardoi he's an Evid. And many Ksuvas were ripped up. Because again, the, the relatives are like, if he's an Evid, that means his sister's an Evid. If his sister's an Evid, it's a They ended marriages based on this testimony. The Gemara says, when Rav Yehuda left the court. Again, Rav Yehuda is from Pumpadisa. He showed up in Nardoi and basically passled this guy. So when he left, there were people of Nardoi that had rocks that were going to kill Rav Yehuda. Classy. They were going to kill Rav Yehuda because they didn't like, I guess, his family and his friends. We're going to kill Rav Yehuda because they were going to stone him. Very strange response. Amaluhu, Rav Yehuda says to them, Ishtiku, if you're quiet, Ishtiku, good. Eli, you give me a hard time. Alaychu, Megali, Alaychu, Adam Shmuel, I'll reveal another thing about your, about your town. What did Shmuel say? Tarati, Zerosa, Ikben Adar. There are two families in Adar. Chodi, Mikr, Debe, Yoyna. One's the family of a Yoyna, they're Kosher. Chodi, Mikar, Debe, Urvasi. But one is from a raven, not Kosher. He is a family of not Kosher Jews. 
He says, you keep pushing me, I'll parcel half this town. Which is so weird because the Rishonim ask, if he knows about it, shouldn't he be doing it? I guess maybe he felt that it was like, Mutaf Shishonim, I'm not sure. But he says, you keep pushing. I'll, I'll, don't, don't, don't test me. I will tear, I will, I will burn this city to the ground. So the Gemara says, they threw the stones down into a river. And it caused like a little bit of a backup of the river. That's how many stones they had. Point is, that's the end of that Maisa. It's an interesting story. The last part of it is a Okay, just to finish up the daf. Rav Yehuda proclaimed in Pumpadisa. Again, this is the same Rav Yehuda who was the head of Pumpadisa. Ada and Avdi. Ada and Yoinasen are slaves. I guess these were families. Yehuda bar Papa Mamzera, Yehuda bar Papa is a Mamzer. Bati bar Tuvia beramus ruchol eshakol gita de Cherusa. The slave Bati bar Tuvia uh, never was emancipated, so he's still an Evan. He's still a guy. Okay, Machus Rava be Machus. Just examples of Rabbanim proclaiming these things. In Machus, Rava announced Bali Dianai Tali Mali Zagai Kulam Lipsol. These families Bali Danai Talai Malai and Zagai are all disqualified. I guess they're all Mamzer. They're all possible love and Bekal. Okay, Amr of Yehuda, Guvai, Guvai, Nerv. Yehuda says the people known as the Guvai tribe are really Givonim. So they're uh, Aser to marry regular Jews. Durnunisa Deroi Nesinoi. The Durnisa, they're actually Nesinim. So they're also Puzzle. Amr of Yehuda, Hai Bekipi de Pumpedisa, the place known as Bekubi of Pumpedisa, Kul Mavdi. They're all slaves. The whole city, it's like Australia's all convicts. They're all slaves. That's a, they're all slaves. That was for you. Amr Rabbi Yehudah Meshmuel. Arba Meis Avadim Amila Arba Alafim Avadim. Four hundred slaves. Some say four thousand slaves. Hayula La Pashkar Ben Imar belonged to this guy Pashkar Ben Imar. He had either four hundred or four thousand slaves. A very wealthy guy. He was a Kayan. He was a very wealthy Kayan. The Kulam Nitzbekuna and all them married into the Kuna, creating a tremendous amount of Chalolu. The Chol Kayan Sheish. So how do you know if that Kayan is possible? Chol Kayan Sheish by Azus Panim. Any Kayan who's brazen, who's tough, who's a little angry, who's got a temper, Enel Mehem. So this is not like what everyone knows, which is the kehanim are, uh, are passionate and temper. This is uh, of the opinion that any kind that has temper is a sign that he's a chal. And this entire family of chalalim, they all lived in one area of Pumpadisa. Okay. In our day, I'm sorry. Now this concept that if you see a brazen kayan, he is a sign that he's a puzzle. That's not like Rav Elazar. Dam Rav Elazar. say that if you see a kayan with the temper, don't don't think about it. The puzzle says your people are like are like arguing kahanim. Kahanim are passionate people because they they gotta go. They gotta you know they gotta serve quickly in the base of English, and it creates a, a temper within them, uh, like a, I guess, brazenness. Uh, you know, the point is, so it's a shy. But you see from these historically, that's why it, it is very hard historically. We don't serve like Kehanim Chala anymore because we don't know who's a Kasha Kayin, who's a Chala. We have a Chazak, a Chazkas Kahuna, but it's, uh, you know, it's not enough to allow you to eat Chala or Truma. Um, that's why the Gra, I mean, the Gra, the Gra famously would never, he would meet another Kayin, he would do another Pidyan Aben. Just in case, just in case. Rishalom Spitz, Rosh uh, Shiva, Rishalom has a, he's a Kayan. And if, if you know Rishalom, you know, this is like he's doing this L'Shem Shemaim. He's not, the, he's not a, he's a, old Yasha, like an arrow. So he has a ledger that he's, he's a, and he's a Rosh Shiva, not Rosh Shiva, I think he retired, but he's a Kayan. So he's been doing Shalom's uh, opinion Ben's. He wrote down every person's name and number and address. So that he told that if he's ever when Mashiach comes, if he's found out to be puzzled, he wants to be able to track them down. 
<laughs> I, I, I promise you, he has a small ledger that he has every single person he's ever done their information so that if he's found out to be a puzzle, he'll be able to track them. Okay. But, but he's actually Lashim Shemai about it. He's not one of these, like, he, like deep, he really doesn't want, God forbid. Um, he was once at a chasana. I was once at a chasana and I saw him and they called him a paravagain. He came out, walked out. He started walking out, but he didn't want because he didn't want to make a scene with the chasana. He was very upset. <laughs> huh? No, no, but I'm I'm like one of those fake ones. He's like legitimately doesn't want covet. Amrav Ovin, Amrav Adamrav, Kalonoisa Ishashene Genesloi, anyone who marries again a woman who's not fit, when Hashem rests his shin on Klal Yisrael made Al Kalashvatim, they made Allah, he will not testify about this person, whatever it means to testify. Shinemar, Shifte Ka Edus Yisrael, Hashem testifies about the Shifte Ka, Amos Aedus Yisrael, Bizman Shashvatim Shifte Ka, when they're the Shvatim, when they're Perfect lineage, but once you have mamzer and once you have shaylus, then the Hashem is not mashashchin on such a person. Similarly, who rests his presence only on mishpachas miyuchasas, mishpachas that are fit genealogically. Meaning, dafka the mishpachos that Hashem will mashashchin. This is the Maila of Jews to Gerim. When it comes to a Jew, it says, I'll be a God for them, then there'll be a people. Meaning, I'll be a God for them even before they act appropriately. Even when they're not acting like my people, I'm still their God. But when it comes to Gerim, When they're my people, then, meaning by Eger, they have to act appropriately, then Hashem reciprocates. So I just, I can't go into too much, but on Thursday night, I've been giving uh, the last two shiurim on Thursday night, Rav Tzadik, I've been going through Yossi's, Yossi has an unpublished sefer on Rav Tzadik that I've been learning together. He knows about it. Ish. So I, I, I've been going through it. I asked him permission. I haven't said shir, but he's fine. So there's a Yusai that basically that every Jew has a certain dveikas of Hashem that's unbreakable, just not based on what you do, based on who you are. Gerim can get that, but what's interesting about it is by a Jew, you're born that way, with you're born with that Kedusha, and then all of your life you're just trying to reveal what's already there through your Torah Mitzvah. By a Ger, it's the opposite approach. By you doing your Hishtadlis and converting, you attain what we get naturally from birth. And that's what this Gemara means. The difference in a Jew and a Ger is that by Hashem, He loves us automatically. But what you do afterwards... That's afterwards. By Eger, it's, you work for me, then I'll love you unconditionally as if you were born a Jew. So it's, it's, the, it's the same, it's just, uh, you know, the directions. Amr of Chalboy, famous Gemara will end with this. Kasha gamely Yisokis apachas. This is not, this was not the Shabbos Drosha yesterday. Converts are difficult to Klal Yisrael like a sapachas, like, a, like an illness. Shenemar, Vinil, Vahager, Alem, Nisbuchu, Abeneso, Nisbuchu is Lashen, like Sapachas. Sivazanichu, Sosan, Lasaiso, Sapachas, a type of, uh, type of uh, leprosy. I'll just end with this. A very famous Taisa. This is a famous Taisa over here. So Taisa has a kasha. Why, why are Gerim so bad? So he has a couple of approaches. The first approach is Gerim, a lot of times, are not Lashim Shemayim, and they don't really know the laws as well because they weren't born a Jew, so they don't really know what they're doing. Uh, secondly, um, there's 24 times, I think, in Tanakh, 24 places that the terraces don't harass a ger. So the more gerim, the more opportunities we have to harass them. Not that we want to, but it's just, you know, you yell at a guy and you realize, oh, he's a ger, I'm going to have a 24 long. The third shot from Tanakh is from Avram Ager. 
Avram Ager, I'm not saying that's why he did this, but he, he knew it. Tysus quotes her of Avram Ager, who was a Baal Tysus, who was a convert, and he says, no, that's not the Pshat. Gerim are terrible for Klai Yisrael because they're so good, and they act so well, and they have such devotion, it makes us look terrible. That's what he says. That's Kashin Gerim Kisapachas. So that's uh, Limitschus on, on, on all of them.